Good morning and welcome to The Daily Buzz. I'm Jeff Parrott, your host. If you lived in Salt Lake City two years ago, there's a good chance you remember the police brutality protests from the early summer of 2020. I was a reporter then, new to Utah, and clearly remember covering the protests for several nights. Out of the calls for police reform that summer, an impromptu wall of murals were painted on a vacant building just southwest of downtown. If you've ever been to Fisher Brewing or driven down 300 West, you've probably seen the murals, faces, painted in red and pink, a tribute to some Utahns and others, like George Floyd, who have been killed during interactions with police officers. Now, a couple years later, city reporter Blake Apgar has been reporting on what the municipality's plan is for the abandoned building that hosts the large murals. I spent some time talking with Blake about his reporting. We'll jump right into that conversation. You'll hear Blake's voice first, explaining the location of the murals just a little in case you haven't seen them. The murals are on a city-owned building at 3rd West and 8th South. I think many people recognize them uh, across the street from Fisher Brewing in the Granary District. On that big white building there. Yeah, so the, the murals, they started going up in... 2020 after the murder of George Floyd it started with an anonymous group of artists painting George Floyd's face and then from there really proliferated and includes many people who were killed by Utah police it became kind of a a central place in the calls for social justice in 2020 a gathering place for protests and has become a place for families who have lost loved ones to go and grieve. And a community-led effort. This wasn't the city paying an artist to to paint a white building or paint an abandoned city building. This was driven by like Utahns. Right. Yeah. It didn't go through any formal approval process from the city. It's something that really was a, a grassroots effort. I know those of us that were around back in 2020 certainly remember these murals coming up and and then throughout the next year or so as um, art was added. Can you tell us why we're talking about the murals now, though? That block is something that the city has been looking at redeveloping for really more than a decade. Yeah, Mayor Erin Mendenhall, uh, she, she talked about its redevelopment before the murals ever went up. And so reimagining what that block can be is not something that's that's new to the city. And the murals themselves have really shaped, reshaped the way that the city is approaching redevelopment there. And they're, they're trying to be much more inclusive and much more sensitive to what the community wants. And so beginning last year in August, the city began an outreach effort to family members of those who are depicted in the murals. One, to offer counseling services and, and two, to talk to them about what the future of that block might look like with a with a memorial. Does the city have any plans right now on what that block will be used for if not this abandoned building with you know it has to be I imagine around a dozen murals or so. So the city does not have a plan for what exactly is going to go in that space. An official request for development proposals, that's still months away. There's not an immediate plan to take down those buildings. But I was talking to Mendenhall and she said that she doubts that those murals will be able to be preserved. And her office says that that's just because the building that they're painted on is unsafe and the land that it sits on is contaminated. 
And so that needs to be cleaned up. But her office says it's uh, committed to engaging with the community and getting getting feedback on what that space should look like moving forward. I don't imagine this has been easy to hear if I was a member of or a family member of someone that's depicted on these murals. What have they had to say? There's a lot of and understandably so there's a lot of hurt around that and disappointment and frustration. I spoke with the family of Zane James, who was killed in 2018 by Cottonwood Heights police. And his mom, Tiffany, was telling me that one, that they didn't really feel like they were going to be taken seriously through this process of, of talking to the city. And, and two, that their concern was that the city wasn't doing enough to really engage in a conversation about what those murals represent, which is a call for a change in policing, which is a a call for social justice. I talked to Mendenhall's office about that, and they were quick to point out that the mayor was instrumental in implementing uh, many police reforms. And so they they say that they're they're doing their part to create that change. And the city has said the art's not coming down because there have been reform. It's it's not like the end of what reform looks like. It is just that this block is in the midst of redevelopment. No, that's important to point out that it it's not that the conversation is over. And in fact, speaking to the mayor's office, they were very clear in wanting to continue the conversation about what a memorial space will look like because that site is so important now. Thanks again for hanging out with us, Blake. And in case you don't keep up with the part-time Utah legislature schedule, the lawmakers will begin their 2022 interim session today. They'll meet today and tomorrow and several times later this year. The individual committee sessions will be broadcast live at le.utah.gov. Politics reporters like Brian Schott and Dade Nolander will be covering some of those hearings, as will several other reporters from the Tribune. Keep your eye out for those stories later this week. And that's it for the Daily Buzz. I want to give a shout out to the local band, the Pelicans, for providing our music. And thanks to managing editor Greg Burningham for editing this episode. We'll be back tomorrow. Later, folks. <laughs>